Welcome to The Mountain Gardener with your host, Ken Lane. Gardening can be challenging, but with Ken's tips, tricks, and local advice, you'll reap huge rewards. Now welcome your host, Ken Lane. And welcome to this week's edition of The Mountain Gardener. Your host, Ken Lane, here every week talking about the landscapes of northern Arizona, And this was the week of change. Oh my goodness. I spent last weekend adjusting my gardens uh, to protect my borderline plants. So you gardeners understand, okay, we're a zone seven here in the Prescott, Prescott Valley, Chino Valley, this central highland area. I would say you're a zone seven, eight, Somewhere in there, if you're in the lower elevation, let's say you're a Sedona, Camp Verde, Cottonwood, you're spilling down over to Kirkland, Skull Valley, Hillside's probably a zone 8, 9. Uh, So it just varies on your elevation, but pretty much we're all very similar zones and we need the same types of plants that grow here. Well, all those zone 8, 9, 10, 11, the desert tropical varieties of plants, if you did not bring those indoors or protect them, they died this week. So my coleus, oh, I think it was Sunday night or Monday night, one of those two, whenever that cold front came through this week, you could see them, you could just watch them melt in the cold. They were too big to bring indoors. I couldn't protect them. I grew them as an annual. I fully expect them to be very enjoyable, to grow fast, to be glorious while I'm outdoors enjoying my backyards and patios. But then I don't want to look at them in the winter. I want them to die, be gone, and I take a rest. And then I'll replant fresh those garden beds or those containers next spring, usually the end of April, May. Here, our our last frost of the year, the last killing frost for this Central Highlands area is going to be Mother's Day. That's kind of the holiday, the uh, the, the marker that we use as a Time to start planting summer plants. Before that time, you need plants because we're going to have frost. They can take that. So pansies and kale and uh, uh, spinach. Uh, you've got gallardias and, and uh, geraniums, petunias. They'll all take that. They love growing in the spring of the year. But you start putting your summer plants in Mother's Day. Well, the opposite of that, the end of that season is going to be the 100-year average. This is, we've been measuring this data for a lot of decades. Is October 29th. Usually the, the local gardeners, we use Halloween as our first frost event. We can, Okay, usually Halloween is going to be a killing frost. Be aware by the middle of October, just be ready with the sheets. Be ready to move the plants around because we're going to get a frost at the end of October, first part of November. Well, it was a it was a week early this year. That's that's the difference with with averages. It never lands on Halloween. It's always a little before or a little after. Last year, it was a little after. It just varies. You just be ready. So the vink the vinca, they're all gone. I mean, they're just they, there's an annual heat loving just loves to thrive in the the just hottest days of summer. Uh, they don't like this week. They were in misery. They just melted down. Uh, just lots of things like that. So the indication of frost, things that were damaged, if you're new, if you if you're coming from tropical areas and you've never seen this this frost event happen, what it looks like is 
the foliage will turn wilty. It stops blooming, of course. The leaves can even turn black as they are frozen back to the heart of the plant. Usually the top edge is, is burned back first. Then as the cold permeates after several nights, it just kills off the entire plant. Now perennials, these are plants that come back every year. Remember, perennial and permanent both start with P. So these are plants that come back year after year. Sometimes they can get killed back to the ground, but they hibernate underground for the winter. My mums look great. They're perennial. They were not affected by the cold, but but mums have a tremendous amount of antifreeze built within them. They can go really to the end of the year before they really start to turn brown, that pretty straw color, that, that autumn color that, uh, that mums are so famous for. I'll keep that structure of my mums up in the gardens because I just think they're pretty, even with that straw color. They're no longer green. They're no longer in bloom, but they're just pretty. Eventually, the snows and the rains and the wind just get them to lay down and go, oh, you're, you're not looking so good. That's when I take the lawnmower or shears or something and cut them back to the ground. And I just let them hibernate underground, and they'll come back. Moms, shoot, by Valentine's. You can start seeing new growth coming back, just, just emerging from the ground. Galardias, echinaceas, euphorbias. There's all these perennials that come back year after year, but they hibernate underground. So your annuals do not. They just, once they, if they get cold at all, it doesn't matter if the ground freezes. It just, they're, they're just at the top growth freezes, they're gone. Perennials, usually they can take, shoot, they'll be in ice. They're just sitting there going, okay, I'll wait it out. I'm waiting. I'm letting out. I'm, I'm revigorating myself so I can come out with a vengeance next spring. And usually spring is in full swing by March 1st. That's kind of the sequence that's happening. Now, we are famous for our Indian summers up here. So your gardens will, you saw this, this burn back from the frost, but then you saw some plants really go nuts this week. So your, your kales, spinach, lettuce, uh, pansies, violas, snapdragons, oh, they love this weather. They just, this is the time to put those in. Many of your, uh, your fall-colored trees and shrubs, this will ignite them. They love this kind of weather. They like being, it's a great time to put a new aspen. And that beautiful gold, maples, ash, locusts. They love this kind of weather. They're, they're starting to go dormant, but they turn color, this beautiful fall color. Then all the sugars start moving down towards, the carbohydrates start moving down towards the trunk of the tree, down into the roots, and they actually store a lot of that energy down at the root level. That's why it's so good to be planting in the autumn of the year. I'd say you got a sweet spot now between now and really Thanksgiving is a great time to be putting in trees, larger shrubs. So don't, don't if you're new to the area, you go, oh, it finally got cold. But that doesn't mean anything to your gardens. It means something to your annuals, those uh, summer blooming kind of plants or the summer vegetables, any vegetable that forms a fruit is a summer vegetable. Tomatoes, you know that. But zucchinis and pumpkins and eggplant and peppers, these are all summer tropicals. They have no interest in growing in the winter. Even if you've got a greenhouse, just the reduced daylight, they start to elongate and stretch and they don't produce as much. You can keep them alive, 
but they may not produce as well as they did when the days were very long. I mean, a tomato plant is just this sugar-making factory. It just creates, it collects the sun with all that foliage, and it pumps it into these beautiful tomatoes. Well, now the days are getting so short, yeah, they'll ripen up the rest of them, uh, but they're probably not going to produce any more tomatoes unless you bring them indoors or give them artificial lighting. There's a whole series of full daylight or full spectrum light bulbs that are made for keeping your plants going in a basement even, in a greenhouse, in an Arizona room, just indoors. But they may need some supplemental lighting just because the days are so short. For those plants that were burned, killed off, I mean, my, my trash can is going to be full at the curb this week because I'm just going to throw them away. I'm going, eh, that's fine. I might compost some. The soils, I might take from, from those containers and add them to my raised beds around the yard. But the foliage, it's going in the trash can or the compost pile, one of the two. If they were diseased at all, if you had any kind of spotting, curling, dotting, any kind of white powder on the foliage, do not compost that foliage. That needs to go in the trash can and get it off your property. Many of those spores or those bacterial type of, of leaf spots, diseases, they come back very easily. They'll hibernate in, that, in the ground. The birds and the bugs will come in when the new plants are put in next spring and they'll kind of dig around down there and they'll jump on this, this tree. And instantly it comes from the soil that you had last year, gets right back on this year's crop. So kind of be strategic on what you're composting and what you're not. Leaves, tree leaves, oh, that's like black gold for the gardens. Oh, that's the best compost ever. I save all of that and I reuse it or reintroduce it or retill it into my gardens. Have a lot in store for you. We got Lisa Watersling coming in with your garden questions right after this. You've been listening to The Mountain Gardener with Ken Lane, owner of Waters Garden Center in Prescott. Join him every week for timely garden advice right for the gardens. Visit Ken where he can be found throughout the week at Waters Garden Center in Prescott. Trees prefer a locally delicious plant food, and the really big trees prefer you get it from Waters Garden Center. Your plant luck changes the moment you step through the doors. You can actually feel it happening. Time slows down, your neck muscles relax, and the radio plays better music. It may look like we sell trees and shrubs, but what we really sell is the perfect day. Waters Garden Center, here in Prescott, the place where people who love to garden, they love to shop. We believe fresh air in the garden is good for you at Waters Garden Center. Waters October companion plants that grow well together are burning bush, Arizona creeper, spicy mums, glamour kale, and Prescott Blaze Maple. Prescott Blaze Maples have extreme growth of three feet or more each year. The fall color glows like embers in a blaze hot fire, thus the name. There's no better red maple to plant locally. Perfect for patios or any place shade is needed. And a big, bold tree is just $149. You'll find the best fall shade trees here at Waters Garden Center in Prescott. You've been listening to Ken Lane, the Mountain Gardener. Green thumbs learned while working in the Family Garden Center. Now welcome back to the Mountain Gardener. And welcome back to the Mountain Gardener. I've got a uh, special gal I'm rather partial to 
here in the studio. She helps me run Waters Garden Center. In fact, she is she she are she is a Waters. <laughs> so she was born and raised here in in the, I think they had a birthing center right there in the back shed. <laughs> Your mom gave birth and you girls kind of all just grew up here at the garden center. So we're in a hospital. Okay. Prescott hospital. Yeah. We're probably regional. Back when there wasn't a wing, it was just the yeah. one, one, <laughs> it was one room and we've all grown up. So that was back in the seventies. Said seventies. Took 10 years off. <laughs> <laughs> They're looking at me going, 70s? So, so this is uh, <laughs> this is uh, a garden question, mm -hmm. just Q&A. So what are people talking about? Just what are we hearing coming back in from our social media outlets or just people on the at Salesforce or emails back and forth? We try to share those at, if it's timely and, and a good question. So <laughs> no, we don't, we don't like it, it's out of here. Well, actually, <laughs> actually, we take whatever questions we can get to share them. Especially this time of year. Send us your questions, yeah. please. So what kind of questions do we have this week? Sure. Our first question is from Pat in Prescott Valley. She has a maple that's about six, seven years old. Notice the bark is really splitting on it. Um, parts of it are so split that they're lifting. You know, she could pull them off. Yeah. Wants to know what causes that. Is there yeah. anything she should be doing to correct it? Sure. Because um, she wants to keep that tree happy. Sure. It could be a couple things. So it doesn't, I, I'm not, I'm not alarmed. I mean, I just, you see bark that does that pretty often actually. Mm -hmm. So if it's on the south side of the tree, we have what's called sun scald mm -hmm. or um, where, where in the spring of the year, uh, early, early, early spring, when we're still getting freeze and thaw, the sun will come out. It'll warm up that sap on the south side. The sun hits it, and then the 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 uh, sap starts flowing, and then it mm -hmm. freezes real hard that night, and you it'll actually expand and then cracks the bark. Mm -hmm. um, I can do the same thing to clay pots or to, you know, it does that to, to several things. It does it to trees. If it's on the south side, that's called sun scald. Mm -hmm. If it's on any other side... I wouldn't worry about it at all because it's probably just the bark is maturing. And as that bark thickens and becomes more cork-like, it just starts to put on more and more layers of bark onto that tree. And so it'll just naturally get this crag, this character to it. It's right. quite pretty. You just enjoy it. It's part of the artist artistry of, of nature, how the, how the bark kind of matures. When it's real young and thin and tender, it's real smooth and supple. It's just like people. Plants are just <laughs> like people. As they mature, they, like get more, <laughs> they get more crags and cracks, and they need some Botox. So they don't. They're just, right. you, you enjoy it the way it is. So I'm yeah. guessing that's what it is. Either way, you fertilize it now. So put the 744 all-purpose plant food on that, on that shade tree. It'll either bring out more of that character of the bark or... If it's cracked, sun scald on the south side of that, that tree, it'll help it to heal over itself. Right. That's also the reason they uh, just trivia. The reason they plant the bark, they paint the bark white on trees, mainly fruit trees. You'll mm -hmm. see this uh, citrus down the valley. Uh, they're painting that white to reflect the sun. They, some people go, it keeps bugs off. There's no way paint keeps bugs off of a tree. That's impossible. They go right through it like it was nothing. But it's really good. A white paint reflects that heat so you get less flow. Mm -hmm. So it'll tend to stall or, or have that plant wake up a little later. And you don't get that cracking, mm -hmm. that sun scald on that 
It's going from the trunk up to about the where the main crown starts, main branches start to form. That's what they'll paint. Not the whole tree, just that lower bark where the sun can get to it. As the trees mature, the bark gets thicker, and so they protect themselves. And this, this, the uh, crown, the, the branching structure gets so large that it shades it. itself. But yeah. when they're young, they can paint them white mm -hmm. to, to reflect the heat. That's, that's why they do it. Mm -hmm. They've come out. The new paints that they've come out with are actually more of a tan color, but they're UV. Yeah. UV oh, color. yeah. So new technology. Hey? New technology, <laughs> even in tree paint. My goodness, Mama, I can't believe what they come up with next. <laughs> I don't know where that came. That's my Arkansas. That's as close to Arkansas as I get. For all my Arkansas now friends. Sorry. From Arkansas. It could have been from Mississippi. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. My family's from Georgia, Georgia. so I can get away with that. If okay. you're Georgian only. <laughs> we'll move on to the next question. Yeah. It's from Marty and Prescott. She heard great myrtles got pretty beat up in that yeah. hail. Plus, they're just kind of done blooming. How far back can she cut them at this point? Yeah. Uh, or don't wait until... Oh, yeah, great. so so great murder. So we did get some hail pockets around the town. In fact, the greenhouses here got hit pretty hard. We're yeah. putting new, we're gonna reskin them this winter, put new Lexan on them, so that new polycarbonate going on. They put poked some holes in it. So it did damage a few trees, kind of mm -hmm. took the top of the leaves, got kind of dinged. Yeah. And we're going, we're leaving the foliage on until they completely use their fall color. And they drop their leaves. So don't be in a hurry, Marty. Leave that. Leave the leaves on. Even though they're torn or bruised, they're still able to create some photosynthesis. And they're pulling all those sugars. There's, there's a thing that the plants do. They, as they shut down, they're pulling some of those carbohydrates back into the root structures. They're actively rooting right now. Right. So keep, don't, don't be in a rush. Mm -hmm. The other reason we don't prune this early, like they do down in Phoenix and stuff, or Palm Springs, or, or you know, the, the warmer areas, there's so many bugs out right now. There's so much disease being spread. There's powdery mildew, <laughs> leaf spots are everywhere. If you make a cut, it opens up that wound so that the plant can actually, can it, it, it's exposed to disease and bugs and stuff. Okay. We'll wait until the cold, till the fall is over, the, dreams, the, the leaves have dropped. Typically by then, the, the bugs are hibernating or dead. And then we'll start pruning. After, enjoy the holidays. Prune after the holidays. So after, after New Year's, mm -hmm. go ahead and prune. Then you can make a cut and the, the sap is so... It, there's no bugs out and then it's, it's moving really slow. It just takes a lot of the pressure off. Yeah. So don't yep. don't be in a hurry, Marty. Good advice. All right. Next question is from Vern. He planted some large Austrians and spruce. Nice. Wants to know, do they really need to be staked? Oh. Or are they? Okay? Yeah. So that's a, that's a tricky one. So yes, Vern, they do. <laughs> and sure here's the reason why. So, so a bigger pine and spruce, I'm guessing that's what it was. They come ball and burlap. That is... We grow them in a field like corn. So in a perfect row, we'll overpack them and we'll harvest in between or every other one. There's a, there's a, there's a logic to it. But we're, we're digging that, we grow it in the ground so that evergreen can get bushier and fuller. It grows a nicer specimen if you do that. And then we'll dig up a ball and we'll wrap it in burlap, thus the name ball and burlap. And so we're, we're root pruning as that, as that thing matures in the ground. And then we'll dig that up and put it into a pot and that's what you're seeing at the garden center. I mean, right now, you'll see 
the bigger specimens are bald and burlap. The small, tiny, cute ones, those are grown directly in the pot. Mm -hmm. So the bald and burlaps are heavy. Oh my gosh. They got, they're, they're hundred pounds easy. So you put them in the ground going, nothing can ever make this. I don't need to stake this. It's heavy enough. Well, what happens is that those first few snows are very heavy. They're usually, they're, they're just dense, heavy snow. And this big old evergreen can hold to, you know, a couple hundred pounds of weight. They're very sturdy, but their roots aren't there yet. So when, when they're mature, the roots kind of keep it upright and it's not a problem. Mm -hmm. You need to stake it for the first year to 18 months, first season at least. So the roots get fully rooted and then can hold that tree up even under the heavy weight of a snow. Mm -hmm. So March is another real heavy, wet type of, of snow. And that's what will get that plant to just kind of go full, just falls right over. Yeah. Doesn't damage it. You can set it right back up, but then you lose all those fine root hairs that we're rooting. Yeah. It's like you're starting over, over, go and over and over again as you set this thing back up. Put some stakes on it. Yep, you keep to keep those roots fully rooted, and by this time next year, you should be fine, be okay. And even in the spring, we get those prevailing winds, yeah. and all of a sudden you have a tree that's on yeah. a slant the whole time. You so. really do need to stake all trees mm -hmm. here at least for one year, and then you could probably take it off. So that's kind of the advice we give them. We got a stake kit. We have two kits, enough wire, and a, and a V strap to kind of make it all. Good. We make it easy. <laughs> so that you'll stake more trees because we believe in it. Ken and Lisa Lane, the Mountain Gardeners. Be back right after this. You're listening to Ken Lane, a.k.a. the Mountain Gardener. Ken can be found throughout the week in Prescott at Waters Garden Center. Listen each week as he answers timely garden questions unique to mountain gardens. Waters October companion plants that grow well together are Blaze Maple, Burning Bush, Arizona Creeper, Spicy Mums, and Glamour Kale. Few flowers are more elegant in fall than Waters Glamour Kale. The autumn colors are perfect for containers, beds, and borders. And it's so easy to grow. This unique Prescott selection is an award winner for cold hardiness, intense red, purple flowers in a frilly package, all for $9. You'll find bright fall flowers here at Waters Garden Center in Prescott. We believe small business can win against impersonal box stores at Waters Garden Center. Bring us the best time to be outdoors, garden, and create a personal oasis in your yard. If you don't know where to start, Waters Personal Garden Service allows you to book an hour of one-on-one -on -one time with an expert without the crowds. It's easy by phone or through our website. No lines, no waiting. Purchase a $200 gift card and we'll line you up with one of Waters' private gardeners. You're going to love your yard again. Waters Garden Center, 1815 Iron Springs Road in Prescott or at watersgardencenter.com. You've been listening to The Mountain Gardener with local expert Ken Lane. Join the conversation every week as he answers timely garden questions. Email Ken a question directly from your phone to his desktop through the web at watersgardencenter.com. That's waters with two T's, gardencenter.com. Now welcome back your host, Ken Lane. I'm so glad that you spend this hour with us every week. We've been here for years just talking local gardening helping you with that timing. One thing I've noticed, tree, customers are coming in, they're noticing that bees are going after their pine trees. Put that on your radar, watch that one. If you see bees going in and out of a tree, especially an evergreen or a conifer, something with a, an evergreen needle, 
that is going to be an indication. They're in for the food source. It's an easy feed. That's why they're there. From honeybees to really the hornets, the, the wasps, they love aphids. They're in harvesting. They're actually picking up aphids, chewing off their heads, and taking them back and feeding them to the young. They're just, it's an easy meal. Guaranteed, you've got aphids up in your tree if you see bees going back and forth. And it's kind of one thing, when I'm walking the nursery and I see bees in in a plant of some sort, I go, oh, that's got aphids, and I'll instruct, you know, okay, come in, spray an organic on that tree, and it takes them out. The bees are gone. What do you do if you've got a really large tree and you can't get to the top of that thing with a pump spray or a trigger spray or an old Windex bottle. Well, I've got the answers. That's why you're tuned in. See? Thank you for tuning in. What you do, you'll need the pressure from that hose coming out of the house. You want to power up a hose end sprayer. There's some that are really powerful, and they'll shoot with that 45 to 60 pounds per square inch coming out of your house. They can put that through a nozzle and get up oh, 20, 25 feet pretty easily. So you want to take a hose-in sprayer and throw multi-purpose insect spray. That's the name of it. I know it's not very sexy, but you know what? It kills multiple insects and it's a spray. So multi-purpose insect spray, shoot it up there and it will obliterate, absolutely kill. I mean, knock them out. I mean, now, I mean, their aphids are going, oh, help me instantly. As soon as you spray that, here's the secret when you're spraying aphids, though. You can't just stand from the driveway and shoot it up into your tree. You need to hit this tree from a couple angles because they coat the ends of those trees of the branches will absolutely be covered in hundreds of possibly thousands of aphids. So you really want to soak them, soak them when you you do this until it's dripping wet. Okay, spray in the morning. It's usually not windy in the morning. It's safer for you. Don't keep, you know, keep the dogs out of the area until it dries, and then you're fine. Those kind of, you know, some common sense kind of stuff. But watch for, I've had too many customers in this week, at least in this five to 6,000 foot level, saying, hey, what, what's going on? I've got, I've got bees. I'm afraid of bees. What, what, how do I get rid of bees? Well, you don't want to, it's not a colony. You don't go after. We need bees. They're the good guys. And you might kill one or two if they're actually up there. Actually, when you start spraying, the bees hightail it out of there and get out of that area. And then once the food source is gone, the aphids are dead, so are the bees. So, so you're done. Watch your, watch your roses. They're on some of those too. But really the pines, the big tree aphids, they're really bad. We were mentioning the top 10 fall-colored trees, the best, best plants, not just trees, best plants that you can plant now and enjoy for fall color some of these will actually take you right through winter. We'd mentioned snapdragons, red twig dogwood, or the cardinal red dogwood. And then one that most, most folks don't understand how hardy this is, Dusty Miller. Kind of a boring, plain Jane kind of annual, but it has this great silver foliage. Everyone thinks pansies. Oh, pansies. Everyone thinks kale. So nice winter color. They'll bloom like crazy to the end of the year, and some of them will bloom right through winter including Dusty Miller. We're so mild in Arizona that this thing just lives right through winter. I've got some that are two, three years old. So we sell it as an annual. It only live for a season, then die. But it thinks it's actually a perennial. It'll actually have a yellow flower that has a light scent to it in spring. But really, you're planting Dusty Miller for the, the silver foliage. Looks really handsome against 
flowering kale as a contrast plant, a filler in a container is how I sort of use them. Uh, they look really good planted up against perennial uh, coral bells or hookera. That purple foliage with that silver foliage from the Dusty Millers, really a great contrast. Put a few golden pansies in front of them. Oh, it really, really looks good. And they just, they're companion plants. They look good together. So look at the Dusty Millers. One that just has been tricked usually starts blooming after the first of the year, but it's been so nice that it's starting to show a little color. It won't bloom out until next spring, but you can count on late winter. It's a winter bloomer, Ice Angel Camellia. Now, all you Californians, you know you love camellias. I was a camellia girl when I, when I lived in, in Sacramento, but most of those varieties can't grow here. They just aren't hardy enough. They're coming out with new varieties that are cold hardy. Same waxy green, deep, glossy, glossy foliage. They put on these huge buds through winter. They love winter. They just love the cold. This particular ice angel, the, the name, obviously, loves blooming, setting buds, and that usually blooms February, March, January, February, March, somewhere in there. But they can actually, it's exciting for gardeners to see buds forming and then the, the buds cracking, then actually blooming. And they're a bloom right now. If you wanted a new, this is a new introduction. Look at the ice angel camellias. Yeah, we'll support our sponsor at the bottom of the hour. Be right back. Mountain Gardener, your source for timely garden advice right for higher elevations. Guaranteed to make a difference in your yard this season. Water's companion plants that grow well together are blaze maple, burning bush, spicy mums, glamour kale, and red wall creeper. Water's red wall creeper is specially selected to dress up those miles of stockade fence. A mountain vine with rich green foliage turns fire engine red through autumn. Water's native vines are just $49 and both deer and rabbit proof. You'll find the showiest vines here at Water's Garden Center. Google, give me directions to Water's Garden Center. We believe butterflies are magic in the garden at Water's Garden Center. You're listening to The Mountain Gardener with local expert Ken Lane. Mountain gardening is very rewarding with a few of Ken's tips, tricks, and garden shortcuts sure to turn your thumbs even greener. Now welcome back to The Mountain Gardener. All right, so back in the studio with Lisa Waters Lane. She comes each week and just shares her garden tips. What are we seeing? What are people planting? What are they gardening? What's being delivered? And what are what's going on in the garden community or in your own personal garden? So welcome back, Lisa. Thank you. So what are go what are going through your personal gardens? Personal gardens? Yeah. Besides Scotty's. <laughs> Terish, uh, Scottish Terriers. Yeah. I was looking at our backyard going, ooh, ooh. It's getting overgrown. overgrown. And just being beat up by the hail goddess. The, hail the wind up, just, the wind. I had to set up a couple trees and tie them <laughs> back up because they blew out. Literally a wind shear hit yeah. the back of the house, ripped off right. a door. It was nasty. So was nasty. I mean, anyway. But yeah, it's, it's with all that wonderful monsoon we had, things just took off and yeah, we got some trimming to do back there. Well, I'm coming out in a hurry. I've gone, eh, I'm tired. <laughs> I'm going to go on vacation. True. I'd rather do that than uh, trim. So when I get yeah. back. Our tomatoes are like, yeah, I'm just. 
they're still producing though. They are. Right, but, another bushel for the for the crew. I know, but the plants are like, mm. yeah. But yeah, still got tomatoes on them. So. They're only good for a few more days, right. and eventually we're going to get that frost. You can only cover them and mm -hmm. protect them so long, but by right. middle of November, there ain't nothing it's you can do. Over. It's it's over. They're yeah. a tropical plant. Oh, definitely. Yeah. So, but it is a wonderful time of year to be planting evergreens. Okay. Yeah. And we've gotten some really cool new um, evergreens in trees. Okay. So um, one of them we got in, and these are beautiful. Usually mugo pines. I'm like, eh, mugo yeah, mugo pine. We got some really gorgeous, nicely grown out mugo pines in. And wonderful time to plant those. So even though they say they're dwarf mugo, those can get fairly tall. Can't yeah, with, they? with decades, they can go, they can go yeah. as tall as you and I. But mm -hmm. but generally, the average length of time a homeowner is in their house, it's it a pine matter. tree <laughs> with an inch-long needle, yeah. nice dense foliage, mm -hmm. mounding up to yeah, knee to hip high. That's usually where they're gonna go at. Yeah. Even the dwarf ones, yeah, it's about big. But if you just let them go and never prune mm -hmm. them and always let them. Yes, they can get bigger. Yeah. Most folks will keep them down to keep that knee to hip high kind yeah. of kind of level. But a pine, they're related mm -hmm. to ponderosa pinion pines. Right. So you know they're going to naturalize. Mm -hmm. Once they get up to size, they can right. go on their own. They're just great. To, they they hold a hillside together. Mm -hmm. They kind of they they go well with manzanitas and yeah. some of your cotoneasters or companions. Yeah, it's yeah. a great plant. So we got some really pretty ones and very nice looking. We also got another. People are always looking for a smaller evergreen. Yeah. Uh, and it's hard because most of them want to get big. But we got a Bosnian pine, and that's a compact oh, Bosnian Oh, that's unusual. Pine. Yeah, so it gets about 8 to 10 feet tall. Super unusual. Beautiful wow. little trees, though. Very nice. It would be great for those smaller yards or yeah. a courtyard or just someplace where you don't have a lot of room, but you want an evergreen. Yeah. Uh, they'd be perfect. And it's called Compact Gem Bosnian Pine. So. Yeah. Perfect. It's the first time we've had those. And the needle is is regular, like it's two inches regular. long, two, mm -hmm. three inches. So it's a long yeah. needle pine. Right. But it's got that central leader. Mm -hmm. So it's a nice straight trunk. Branches right. swoop off of that. Mm -hmm. But it only gets up to under just under 10 feet. Right. That's amazing. So, yeah. so it's bigger than an Alberta spruce. Correct. Which is kind of pint size. But smaller <laughs> than, let's say, an Austrian pine yeah. at 35 feet. Right. So it's a good size. We off the patio mm -hmm. entrance. And next to the driveway, it's right. perfect. That's unusual. Yeah. It's a really nice. I was so happy to find those because they they fill a key need that we have a yeah. lot of our landscapes. And how there. I did, didn't look at them. How tall are those right now? Uh, in the ground, they'd probably be four to five feet. Oh, so those are probably if it's dwarf. Yeah. Those are probably eight years old oh, already. Yeah. <laughs> That's wild to think about. Eight-year-old plant finally got to the garden center. Right. That was planted in in mid to mid to <laughs> like 2012. We finally got it here. Right. Yeah. So cool. We also got in some um, Oregon green pine, yeah, which is another pine that's a little, little smaller, stays on the smaller side, nice green, dark green needles, yeah. kind of compact tree. Uh, so we got some more of those in kind of all sizes. So we have some great big ones and then we have some smaller ones. Yeah. So whatever you, you can lift and move or your yeah. landscaper. <laughs> yeah. Have your landscaper plant the big ones. <laughs> right. Definitely. <laughs> Definitely. So lots of pretty ones of those. We also got in some really nice Arizona cypress. Oh, um, they're probably, I want to say 12 uh, feet. 
in the garden tall. center, 12 yeah. feet tall. Oh my gosh, mm-hmm. you're instant. You want to screen out a neighbor? Yeah. Plant, plant an Arizona <laughs> cypress, 12 footer. Yes. So these are beautiful. They're the regular Arizona cypress, but just really nice shaped trees, good color to them. Um, like you said, instantaneous wall already yeah. going, nice green in there. So. And you're okay to plant these folks. So you're tuning oh, on, oh, they're talking, what are they talking about? It's it's below 60 degrees already. No, these plants, they prefer being right. planted when it's cooler, the pressure is off. Mm-hmm. You can plant them in spring. They're the most popular time to plant is in spring, right. but they got that tender new growth. Mm-hmm. They, they tend to dry out more. You got to be exact on the watering. Here you can kind of, just guesstimate. It'll, yeah, it'll worse, still, little worse still succeed. It'll succeed. Yeah. So right. it's a great time to plant. You get mm-hmm. better growth next spring. Right. By far better. It's a by far better time to plant now mm-hmm. than it is I agree. In, in, in the spring or summer. Especially for your, your pines and spruce. <clears throat> oh, yeah. Uh, we also got some single leaf pinion pine or single okay. needle, however you want to say it. It says single leaf. And I'm like, there's no leaves on these. Why do they call it that? Uh, but it's a great, it's a cousin to our native pinion pine. Um, little bit more grayish blue color to it yeah chubbier needle to it chubbier needle uh but really cool if you're in doing native scapes that kind of stuff it's also there again it's a very slow grower so it's not gonna you know it's gonna be somebody else's problem it's (laughs) a small it's a smaller tree tree. yeah i mean eventually 20 30 years down the road yeah yeah they can get some size to it but perfect little tree for now they're less prone to get the the pinion pine scale Mm -hmm. and here's a real reason people plant that one the single needle over the the native one real reason well it's it looks more voluptuous it just looks chubbier (laughs) fuller it looks looks healthy but it's the one you get the pine nuts from Mm -hmm. so pinion pine when, you're, when you go to a pinion pine nut farm, there's actually people that plant these. Uh, they're using that particular tree because it's hardier. It produces nuts much, much younger out of its pine trees. Whereas the native ones, they got to be 20 years old before they actually put a nut on. And then they're smaller nuts. They're not mm-hmm. as nice. So if you're, if you're into harvesting pine nuts, that's the one you want. That's the one you want. Yeah. Did not know that. There you cool. go. I learned something. Every day. I'm here for you, honey. <laughs> Oh, wonderful. Um, Vanderwolf pine. So Vanderwolf is that, I always call it the teddy bear of the pine trees. Yeah, it's it's so soft. very soft, has a two-tone needle to it, yeah. kind of a green with the silver. Um, you just want to walk up and hug them when you see them. They're, they're getting a little bit slower growing of the pines, uh, but just really pretty, a little different than the average thing that you see out here. Uh, so Vanderwolf, also called a limber, right? Limber? Yeah, white pine. It's really a. It's not really a limber. It's more of a white pine. I guess. Yeah, it's a white pine variation. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Limber is the one that grows down the valley that gets all the rust up here. So you don't really want sure? that, and we don't want that going over the airwaves where people go, "Oh, I'll go to the valley and buy one of those limber pines up here, mm-hmm. and it's dead in five years." Be don't bad. buy plants down in the not the valley, not Prescott Valley. I'm talking about Phoenix, Phoenix. those flatland desert. Don't buy plants down there and bring it up here. They will suffer. Okay. But Vanderwolf pines. Okay. Buy them from Waters Garden Center. And there you go. They're going to perform super well. Uh, Deodore cedars. We've got some nice, uh, they're in different sizes, smaller ones up to big ones. So you can pick and choose what works best for you. But Deodore is great. Right oh, here. it's amazing. It's a super if you need a big plant, it's, it's ginormous. Yeah, it gets huge. Yeah. I always tell people, give it room. Yeah. Give it'll it be room. bigger than your house. I don't care what size house you have. It'll be bigger than that <laughs> in short order. Right, yeah. right. And we got our, we well, yes, 
our big Austrian pines for the fall, our fall Austrian yeah. pines are in. Um, beautiful. That's another really good screen tree. If you're yeah. looking for something fast growing, not a lot goes after it. Pretty easy to take care of. Yeah. It's related to our ponderosa pines. It's got, you know, it's going to be a long needle, but I think it's better than ponderosa because it holds its foliage right down to the ground. Right. Yeah. Whereas a ponderosa, really, you're just planting a trunk. That's all you're going to get <laughs> in the yard. The pines, the foliage is up there somewhere, but right. Austrians, uh, green, um, uh, Oregon greens, mm -hmm. they hold their, their, their right foliage down. right down the ground. They're much more they're prettier, yeah, they're attractive, easier to maintain. They look better than the landscape, by far a better choice. Ken and Lisa Lane, the mountain gardeners, helping you plant more plants that stay green in your yard after this. Look for more tips, tricks, and garden shortcuts through Ken's website. Podcast the show, read his weekly garden column, or follow him on Facebook and Instagram at watersgardencenter.com. That's waters with two T's, gardencenter.com. I used to be cocky and actually dared to beat the big boxes at their own game. Since the beginning, we were known for the very best plants in town. But with youthful ambition, we added a line of inferior plants, contractor grade, that matched the box stores and beat their prices. We failed miserably. The plants were side by side. Waters hand-picked quality at the higher price and the inferior plants at the lower price with astounding results. The inferior plants, not bad quality, just not full and nice, were still there a month later. The hand-picked quality plants, they had been restocked twice and the bench was empty again. The youthful cockiness, it's tempered and with age comes wisdom and knowing who you really are. Waters Garden Center doesn't compete with the marts and the boxes. We simply grow the very best plants our family is famous for. We will never offer inferior plants. Cross my heart. Pinky swear. Waters Garden Center. 1815 Iron Springs Road here in Prescott. Welcome to the Mountain Gardener with Ken Lane. Gardening in the mountains is different. Listen to Ken's tips, tricks, and garden shortcuts guaranteed to make your gardens more beautiful than ever this year. Now for better advice that works locally, welcome your host, Ken Lane. Now the cold that we had, I mean, it's, it went from summer to autumn just like that in like one night. Uh, but that, that's really going to be helpful for the color coming out in your foliage. So they really, we should have had more autumn color showing up on our maples and different trees and shrubs. So cold is part of that trigger that makes them start to turn color. So you'll see that in the next few days. It's just going to go, wow, look at that. I can't believe those kind of colors exist. They don't have that Pantone colors of the year. Well, you get to see that in nature. We've seen some color. So the, the flame maples. This is a small-leafed maple. It's a tree that's usually vase-shaped, kind of a big shrub or short tree to about 15 feet tall or so, it's in full red. The sumacs, there's several varieties of sumacs. One's a tree, like staghorn sumacs. It's kind of a companion plant to the autumn or flame maples. Um, it gets up again about 12 feet. Beautiful orange colors. It's, it's now in full color. Um, the shorter sumacs, there's a whole series of native ground cover type of sumacs. They've been in color for two, three weeks. But the real big showstoppers, the aspens and the maples and those, they really haven't come into, into their own. Yeah, up on the San Francisco, the peaks, they're in full color. But we haven't seen it down here in the lower elevations. 
this is going to trigger them where they will just go, whoa, showing off their gold colors. The maples will be right behind those. So your uh, uh, Armstrong maples, um, Autumn Blaze maples, Celebration maples, there's a whole series of fast-growing red maples that do really, really well here. They grow very fast. The traditional shade tree, uh, the leaf's about the size of your hand with the five points, your traditional maple leaf. That will start showing color. We've got a couple of them out here in the in the landscape plant. They're just they got that that burgundy color. Then it'll get lighter and lighter and brighter and brighter and then show off. So there's a series of those. Uh, um, golden locust or honey locust will be right behind that. This is a, a native looking tree. It's got very small leaves. And it adapts very well. I mean, you'd hardly have to care for it once it's up to size. Tremendous shade tree. 30 feet tall, 30 feet wide. Good shade. And drought hardy. Oh, my gosh. Once it gets up to size, I mean, look at it with some water. Maybe that's enough. You don't hardly have to do anything with it. The leaves kind of blow away, but it's, it's famous in the fall. And the spring, they get the same spring. It's golden locust for the new growth is gold. And the autumn color is gold. And so thus the name, Golden Locust. Uh, so that's one that will also start turning right now. What will vary will be if you're on the north side of a hill, you'll turn color a little bit sooner. If you're on an east or south facing side of a mountainside, you'll turn in, you'll turn color a little later because you're a little bit warmer. And likewise, at the bottom, if you've got a, a dry wash and you're down at the top bottom of the hill, the cold air kind of spills down and runs through these dry washes. Those trees or those plants will turn color first. The ones towards the top of the hill will be warmer because warm air rises. So they'll turn about a week, two weeks later. So you'll see this, this pulsating, depending on where you're at in the neighborhood, trees will turn color at different times. It's quite interesting. You can see where the cold spots are in a neighborhood just by looking when things turn color. And likewise, in the, in the spring, the things that are on the higher side or south or the warmer gardens, they'll leaf out first. The ones that are in the dry washes or on the north side of, of a hillside, they will leaf out about a week or two later. It's all temperature-related and sun. So just be aware of that. So if you see your neighbors turning color and yours isn't, there's probably a reason, but it will. So just give it some time. Right now, I, I just love, I don't see quite yet on my, my personal garden. I live up above the high school, probably 5,700 foot. Not quite there, my, my autumn blaze maple, which is probably the number one selling maple. Uh, is just starting to show some red colors. Likewise, silver maples, that was the original, that was the first fast-growing maple that we, we started planting up here in the mountains, but it has a gold color type of leaf. Then we, then we, we grafted, basically, a red maple, traditional Acer rebrum, uh, famous Midwest maple, onto a silver maple, and we got autumn blaze maple. Now we're getting a hybrid where it's you got a very fast growth of the silver maple, but you get the red color from the red maple. Those are just starting to go right now. Aspens, that's the number one selling tree, at least here at Waters Garden Center. I think most of the mountain, most of the mountain garden centers I talked to were all friends. Kind of the same. Aspens, everyone loves them. They're just that beautiful white bark. 
They grow straight up to the moon. They don't get that wide. We use them for blocking, screening, or even framing uh, vistas. So if you've got a beautiful view, you plant an aspen on either side. It's almost like a picture frame. Just kind of, it forces the eye going, look right here. I mean, put us some put an outdoor sofa or some nice chairs out there, fire pit, and people are just going to ooh and awe over your beautiful mountain views. And you just frame, you stage the whole thing by planting or designing this landscape to show off this mountain vista or a sunset or a sunrise. It's all design technique. The other ones that you're going to watch, probably the last ones to turn of the fall, they're just solid green right now. Uh, you've got two that are quite famous. One is Raywood ash. Ash is this beautiful tree. It's solid. It's like, it's like a lollipop. It's, it's 30 by 30, just beautifully shaped, turns purple. Uh, I mean, just true, like royal purple. It's his fall color. That'll be uh, mid end of November before that goes. And the last one to turn bright red in the fall of the year is ornamental pear or Bradford pears. It goes by several names, Chanticleer, Aristocrat, but flowering pear. It, it doesn't actually form a fruit. Some of them can. It's, it's a fruit about the size of a marble. Birds is a great bird source. Birds come in and eat the fruit. But it's really made for that bright white flower in the spring, great shade tree during the growing season now. And then the fall color, it's the last one. When, when the ornamental pears turn color, yeah, autumn's over. Winter is here. You better rely on those evergreens because you're not going to see foliage for about two months. Uh, about so Usually things will start to leaf out in February, depending on your elevation. So it's your, your willows, cottonwoods. They'll start coming out first. Some plants, oh, I guess I should mention oaks. Oaks will turn at the end of around Thanksgiving. There's a lot of native oak trees. And I'm not talking scrub oak or the emery oaks, those evergreen oaks. I'm talking about the more traditional leafed oaks. Uh, there's red oak. Um, there, there's several oaks. There's two or three we sell here at the garden center. They're bright, bright red. This is a hardwood tree, so it's kind of slower growing, but it's methodical, and it's long living. These things are going to way outlast you, your grandkids. They're going to they're gonna live for generations. That's how these oak trees live. And they love growing at high elevations. They love being planted right now in the autumn of the year, but bright red. See, I was going to one other place. Oh, uh, brown. Some plants, some trees, they don't have any interest in showing fall color. They just go from green to brown. That's it. One that comes to mind is sycamore. Our native, we have an Arizona sycamore. It's a great big tree. Very interesting bark. Um, it's got great big green leaves, but this cold would have started to turn it brown. Maybe it has a gold color for a moment, but really it's it's brown. It just goes to brown. And it holds onto the foliage quite quite well. Kind of almost too well, too long. It's like, it has a long trash cycle. I like trees that turn color and then drop their leaves. I rake things up and I'm done for the fall. The other one is London Plain Sycamore. That one has five leaves. It looks like a maple leaf. It's related to the Arizona sycamore, but it does the same thing. Uh, sycamores, they also have that little uh, ball. It's like a golf ball size seed pod. Used to throw them at each other as kids, you know, that kind of have games with that. So, but it's fast growing, hardy. There's a place for sycamores, but front and center is a fall colored tree. Ah, 
maybe that's not it. All of your fruit trees will turn color too. Fruit trees, I mean, peaches and apricots and nectarines and apples and pears, they've got tremendous fall color, very bright before they start to lose them. They're kind of easy to maintain that way. That's kind of your trees. That's the fall color you're gonna be seeing the next three to four weeks showing up in the mountains of Arizona. You're listening to local garden expert, Ken Lane, the owner of Waters Garden Center. He can be found throughout the week at Waters Garden Center, located in Prescott, 1815 Iron Springs Road. Thanks for tuning in to The Mountain Gardener. Waters October companion plants that grow well together are burning bush, spicy mums, glamour kale, and red fox sedge. Fox sedge has striking clumps of red foliage that fades to flocks, giving off a warm glow. An attractive foliage effect in container gardens, perennial beds, and fountain accents. A good choice in poor draining pockets along dry stream beds and beside large landscape boulders. You'll find foxy red grasses, just $17, here at Waters Garden Center. Google, give me directions to Waters Garden Center. Hi, Lisa here with the finds of the week and our Ascot Rainbow Euphorbia. Deer don't like this beautiful perennial. Rabbits loathe the milky sap. And javelina, leave it alone. This evergreen flower is adorned by leaves and gilded edges of gold. Simply stunning and thrives in the dry hot spaces in the garden all for under $12. Plant this one in beds, street side landscapes, and containers. Waters Garden Center, 1815 Iron Springs Road in Prescott. Where people who love evergreen flowers, they love to shop. You've tuned in to The Mountain Gardener with local garden expert Ken Lane. Join him each week as he answers timely garden questions that are sure to make a difference in your gardens. Now welcome your host, Ken Lane. So as this fall season, as we see more and more cool nights, you're going to find the bugs want to come inside and camp out. You you want to stay warm, so do they. And so one particular gnat is starting to show up and it'll become more pronounced um, as, as we get cooler. They're finding their ways through any kind of crack at the window or the doors or just find that they look for the light and kind of come on in. They're called fungus gnats and they're a tiny little black, just a, a nuisance really, but they come inside and they, they congregate around your houseplants. And so they'll tend to find a house plant. They're very social. They like to stay together. So once one comes in, they kind of put off these pheromones and go, hey, party's over here. Come on, come over onto this house plant. The, the environment's perfect. And so they'll tend to lay eggs in that house plant and the eggs will hatch and they live their entire life cycle, except for a few days, in the roots of your house plants. And it's a, it's a, again, it's a fly, so it's a little tiny maggot, it's a little white worm that, that eats the roots off your plants. And so it's kind of a nuisance. So they'll, they'll be attracted to your iPad, uh, the screen, your TVs, to lights, the, to the windows. You'll see them kind of die at, there at the windows and drop on the windowsill. Those are fungus gnats. Do, you do not want these in your house plants. They will kill a plant. They'll stress it out until it's there. They're eating the roots off your plants. So just be aware, they, they tend to show up and why they're showing up. They're coming in because it's cool. They'd rather be outside, uh, but, but they're coming indoors where it's warm. They're attracted to your lights in your house. If you see that, they're very easy to kill, but, but you need to be aware, you need to be proactive with it, or they just they populate and they grow exponentially. And by the, by the new year, they're just taking over. They're terrible, and they're, your plants are stressing out over it. 
We have a product here called um, Systemic Granules. It's a, it's like, it looks like a fertilizer. You sprinkle it on the soil, water it in. It goes to the soil bands and it takes out those maggots, the, the, the worm stage. It takes out the worm. Once you get rid of those worms, the, the children, the flies will stop coming. They also have a thing called a sticky fly trap. These are yellow kind of square pieces of paper, cardboard. that are typically yellow, sometimes white. They put them on a popsicle stick of all things, or maybe a, a bread tie, and you hang it on the plant or you stick it in the soil. And when the adults come up to fly, they're coming up to lay eggs. There's only one thing they're doing right then. They're going, hey, I'm finding me a gal or guy, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to lay more eggs so the population keeps going. Well, they're really attracted to bright lights. So they come up out of the soil. They go, oh, where am I going to go now? And they see a, a yellow sticky trap. And they go, oh, oh, well, fly there. And you're stuck there. That's more of keep, keeping the adults, the nuisance away. It can break the cycle of laying eggs and so you get ahead of this, but really the systemic granules are your long-term fix. It also takes out woolly, woolly aphids, uh, ciliads, all these other crazy things that get on houseplants. But just, just be aware that can happen. We cover some of this at our garden classes each week too. So, so uh, this week, every Saturday at 9.30, we teach a garden class. And this, so this week's it's showy autumn shrubs. We'll go into houseplants. We'll go into other things. But uh, this is kind of the last of the fall classes that we're having. So we go over what are those beautiful autumn colored plants you're seeing. We, we go over, it's a dog and pony show. It's a show and tell. Uh, it's kind of fun. Come hang out with us. It's 930 this Saturday. Then we'll take a little break through winter. And then we'll come right back at it January. We're already starting to formulate January, I think, 14th or 15th. We've got another series. The spring series starts with how to prune, how to plant, uh, just, just those winter things that you need to do. How do you do all those? And so, oh, that's it for another show. Thanks for tuning in, folks. Throughout the week, Lisa and I camp out here at Waters Garden Center. We love talking to fans of the show. You're listening to local garden expert Ken Lane, the owner of Waters Garden Center. He can be found throughout the week at Waters Garden Center, located in Prescott at 1815 Iron Springs Road. Thanks for tuning in to The Mountain Gardener. Waters Garden companion plants for September are raywood ash, Russian sage, honeysuckle, and ivory feathers pampas grass. Ivory feathers is a dwarf pampas grass that blends perfectly into desert landscapes. The ivory plumes reach overhead height for architectural style around patios and ponds. Well suited as a visual barrier or hedge in the far reaches of the yard. You will find only the brightest grasses here at Waters Garden Center. Shop in store or online at watersgardencenter.com. We believe bees are in danger. We can save them at Waters Garden Center. I hate weeds. Monsoon rains are so refreshing, even my landscape comes alive. But so do my weeds. Stop weeds in their track in one simple step. Water's weed and grass stopper spreads like fertilizer. It kills weed seed before monsoon rains allow them to sprout. No need to weed. It's safe for trees, even flower beds, and so much safer than that toxic waste the big box sells. Weed and grass stopper. It's just $24 and only found at Water's Garden Center in Prescott. You've tuned in to The Mountain Gardener with local garden expert, Ken Lane. Join him each week as he answers timely garden questions that are sure to make a difference in your gardens. Now welcome your host, Ken Lane.